I wanted to talk with you a little bit tonight about developing a prayer life. The image that I wanted to use on my title slide, this was the image that I thought of. Because I was wondering, I was, I was curious to know like what, what emotions, what thoughts would it bring to mind? I th- we see a guy maybe had lived his whole life walking with the Lord and, and he's praying the, to the Lord for what little he has. Maybe he's been a devout Christian all his life and we're getting a glimpse into his time with the Lord. You've probably seen this image. But I was surprised that here's the truth about that image. Eric Enstrom was a Swedish-American photographer from the mining town of Bovey, Minnesota. Around 1920, a salesman named Charles Wilden visited his studio. Impressed what he recognized as kindness in the man's face, Enstrom asked Wyden to pose for a picture. Aiming to evoke the spirit of religious faith, thankfulness, and humility, he had Wilden clasp his hands and bow his head as in prayer while seated at a table with an arrangement of household objects, including a book, a loaf of bread, and a bowl of soup. He called the photograph Grace. The photo gained international recognition and was designated as Minnesota's official state photograph in 2002. So when I got to think about it, I thought, you know, I think my prayer life was a lot like that. And what I mean is this is staged. This wasn't really this man's life. It was a, it's a picture that was then painted over to give color. And I don't know about you, but for me, I would, in the past, I have always considered myself a, pitiful prayer and over the years I've wondered like why is that why does it seem that praying is so hard maybe it has been for you or maybe it's come easy but for me that's just been one of the things that uh, hasn't come like straightforward Romans eight twenty six, there's because there's there's several verses that seem to indicate that the Bible speaks to this maybe Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we ought to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So we see here that, now I know this is talking about the Spirit and what he can do on our behalf. But I think it goes without saying that sometimes I don't know that we know what to pray for as we should. Luke 11.1, Jesus is praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord... Teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. I think they saw him in a certain place because, as we know, he had a habit of prayer. We see that in another place in Scripture. And they are asking him, Lord, would you teach us how to pray? We see you doing it. Would you help us? In 2017, our brother Todd Hendricks gave a message on spiritual growth in Christ and he, he used this illustration, and to me it ties into what I want to share with you. So as opposed to me telling you what it is, I'm, I'm going to share that. I'm going to share this with you. I'm going to play it back for you. As you're flying at 30,000 feet, which one of the wings are you willing to lose? 
One wing is discipline and one wing is dependence. Discipline is effort. Discipline is well within my control, right? I mean, this is a navigator conference, right? That's what we do. We write in notebooks, we carry cards, we index and we research and we do things. That's an attitude of there are things I can do. And more than that, those are the things that I can tell somebody else to do. And if they don't do it, I can measure that and I can say, okay, you don't get a check on that box today. Dependence is me with an open hands. Dependence is more passive, receptive, helpless in a sense. I'm not in control. You know, that's, that's kind of hard to measure, right? We don't pick whether or not we're going to depend on God and his spirit, or we're going to do all the stuff that we know we can do that will help us grow. Dependent discipline. It's like the airplane. It can't fly without both of the wings. That really stood out to me. And I, re I remember my personal application coming out of that was that my prayer life that I had been working on uh, reflected my dependence on God. Maybe you see prayer as a discipline. And in some ways it is. But I don't see it that way. And I think for me, the reason it was so hard for me to get a prayer life going was because I couldn't measure it. I mean, I think Todd said it perfectly. I couldn't write it down. It wasn't like I was face-to-face -face with a guy. It wasn't on a card or a notebook. It wasn't tangible. So I had to really, really work through it. Um, so I think that for some of us, I know for me, this was what my prayer life looked like, or perhaps like that. A little bit. In 2010, our beloved brother Noel Nelson gave a prayer, I mean, a, a message called Lessons on Prayer. And my prayer then was so pitiful that I'll be honest, at the time when he gave that message, it kind of like rolled like water off a duck's back. But there was one thing out of that talk, one thing that has stuck with me all these years. You know, I think we all here want to serve the Lord. We want answers to prayer. We want to uh, make it part of our daily lives. We believe in living by priorities. If you don't live by priorities, you don't have a proper perspective. Without a proper perspective, you don't have proper priorities. Without proper priorities, you don't have an effective or efficient anything. You have a leaf in the wind. So I read a statement, prayer is work, prayer works, prayer is the work. How do you wear that hat? How do you hang that one on? Prayer is the work. Prayer is the work. With all that I want to accomplish for God and his kingdom, there will be so much that won't come by my disciplines or yours. There's a lot of what I want to see in my family and my ministry and my guys. And a lot of that, I believe and I know, is in a realm where we cannot touch. This is a passage in Mark. says, And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? There was a spirit in this guy. They couldn't do it. Jesus said that this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. 
I think, it's my, that there are some things that need in us that need to be driven out like fear and selfishness and sin. Maybe it's laziness or complacency, heartlessness or pride. That can only be driven out by the Lord in us. But then I think there's things that need to be driven into us, such as confidence and trust and conviction and heart, love, humility, and courage. Driven out and driven in through prayer. So several years ago, there was a girl that was in our ministry, and she had been struggling through some issues. And I told her, as I believed, that if you, if you memorized verses, that that would change the way that you would think. It would change your mind. That's what we believe, that the Word of God will transform our minds. That's what Scripture says. So I just told her, I said, well, listen, why don't you put together some verses on that subject and memorize them, and I believe that God will help you. Well, what dawned on me was that, oh, in this area, I needed help. So... Why don't I take a dose of my own medicine? So what I did was I put together verses on prayer. And what I did was I I tried to use a strength of mine to help with a weakness. So I memorized these verses and and to change how I thought about prayer and also to use as a basis for prayer. And so I would pray out of those. So as opposed to trying to make up something, I would just let it come straight out of here. And so what, I, uh, what follows in the time that I have left are selections from this pack that I've used for years. And I still need to use them. I think of them just like vitamins. I've got to, I've got to take them on a regular basis. So I hope that some of this will be encouraging to you. First thing I want to say is to pray in the morning. Um, Mark 1.35, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. We know that back in Luke 11, it said that he went to a certain place, and here we see that he got up early in the morning, while it was still dark, and he goes out to a desolate place. And so, there is a, there's an application from this. I, so what I do is I get up, I set my timer to get up early in the morning, while it's still dark. And I have a place in my, uh, in my den where I, I kneel down on the sofa and I spend time praying. Why? Because I don't want anybody to be up. I don't want the kids up. I don't want Amy Jo up. If she's up, she's going to be in the other room having her quiet time. I want to be in there and I want to be in the, in the dark because I don't want to be distracted by anything else. There's so many things that talk about focus, man. I mean, and, and so I want to be in there where it's dark I set my coffee, I, I fix that up in the, in the, at night and then put it on a program so it's ready. I have my coffee. I don't even spend time doing that. So, and then uh, to be alone with the Lord so there's no hurry. Second thing I want to talk about is pray, praying God's attributes. Um, we know this prayer model, Acts, Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. I think we're very good at supplication. We're pretty good at thanksgiving. Uh, confession, if I'm feeling super guilty maybe, something I know I've done wrong. Adoration, I would 
I'm going to hypothesize that we probably don't do a good job there. For me, when I would think about adoration, there I had a couple things. Like he's faithful, he's creator, provider, omniscient. So what I did, I, I, but for me that wasn't good enough. I wanted to know more about who God was. I want to adore him for who he is. And so what I did was... Um, Back in November, I found these two resources online. And what they do is they have different attributes. One of them may be like 20, the other has 15. They will list the attribute along with verses, and then sometimes they'll have a little snippet like you see down here. So I will take that topic, that attribute, and I will use those verses and pray through those verses, and I just cycle between. I take one attribute every morning, and then I cycle between these two. And what that has done, there's not been a week that I haven't gone by that I haven't learned, like, oh, wait a minute. I, God, if you're like that, then that means this. It, it just expands who God is to you. And when, when who God is expands to you, who you are, and, and my little world and my little problems seem so insignificant. So, there's that. What? What's the online oh, I'll give them to you later, somewhere. And we see that in Scripture. A few months back in Sunday school class, we were going through the book of Daniel, and this passage was in there, because we see this. And now that I'm sensitive to it and attuned, I can see it more. I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all in the heavens and earth is you. That's creator of the universe Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. So we see this in these people in the Bible, that they are praying who God is. Both riches and honor come from you. You rule over all in your hand. Our power, might in your hand is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, O God, and praise your glorious name. If you noticed, I tried to underline how many attributes he goes through. I don't want to talk about praying God's promises now. God gives us the privilege of joining him in his work on this earth. The work that he began before any of us were here will continue long after we're gone. So I want to align to what I know God is doing. And so I want to pray to that. And uh, it helps to remind me that he's behind it all. And it doesn't only, uh, it's not all on my shoulders, right? I am just joining with him. A personal one for me is this. It comes from uh, Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left. And your offspring will possess the nations and people the desolate cities. That's just one of several. And I won't, for sake of time, I won't go through the details of what I pray through, but I think that will become obvious. I am asking, Lord, would you do that through me and would you use me? This is the thing that you're about. 
There's nothing special about me. I don't have any special abilities or gifts, but I know this is what you're doing, and Lord, here I am. Would you use me? Pray for yourself. Now, this is not what you think it is. It's not selfishness. This is a regular verse that I pray for myself and for the guys that God has brought into my life over the years. It comes from Deuteronomy 30, verse 6. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. It starts with me. I ask God, Lord, would you circumcise my heart? I know I need to love you more and love you better. And I know I can, but I need you to circumcise my heart. And then, would you circumcise the heart of my offspring? And I mean that for my four children, as well as the God that brings, I mean, the, yeah, the guys that God brings into my life. Lord, would you circumcise our hearts? That's beyond my reach. It's beyond my control. Because there's just things that we cannot muster up inside of us, no matter how we try. Things like compassion, a heart for the lost, a heart for others, vision from the Lord, conviction, and to be a better husband and father. I know I have blind spots. I know I have weaknesses. I know I'm not perfect. I need his help in all those areas. So pray for yourself. Um, one of the things that Noel said was uh, one of the good things to do in learning to pray is to pray the prayers of Paul. And we see that. So I kind of take that as a cue in terms of like, because you can read through the different letters and you can see that Paul writes in his letters to them what he's been praying for them. Right? So we can use that for us, praying for one another. I think we can always pray for this. It's interesting to me that Paul would say something like this. You think of the man who wrote two-thirds in the New Testament. He's got boldness beyond it. He goes on all these missionary journeys. He writes to the Ephesians and he said, and also would you pray? Before this are verses in my pack that talk about pray and supplication. and watch. He says, pray also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am ambassador in chains, that I, may, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. I don't think we could ever, ever pray this enough. Lord, would you give me boldness? Do you have somebody that's praying like this for you, that, 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 that God would give you boldness? Have you asked for someone to pray like this for you? If Paul needed, I believe we do too. Pray for a man. Let me say, um, this list is by no means exhausted, okay? There's lots of more things we pray for, and we'd be here for a long time. I just wanted to get some highlights that were meant something to me. So we're in this room, every one of us, not by accident. I don't believe that. I don't believe that you met the person that you met and that you started meeting with who you met by accident. It's part of God's work in your life because he wants to use you. I believe that with all my heart to be a part of his work and what he's doing. So 
there will come a time when he will want you to reciprocate what's been done in you with someone else. Even if you are not at the point where you even see yourself doing that yet. That's okay. Pray for a man. And pray that God would give you a heart for a man. Pray that God would give you the confidence you may be looking for. He's faithful. I pray this, probably you have too, so many times. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. This is something Jesus said to pray for. Pray earnestly, at least in my translation here, to the Lord. So I know it says send laborers, and the Lord will do that. But I think we get the privilege of being part of that process of somebody either coming to faith or if they already have come to faith, that they will then grow and then they will become a laborer. He uses us in that process. What a gracious, gracious gift. They need to be equipped and they're going to learn how to labor. So pray for that. Pray for your men. This verse hits me too, Colossians 4.12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Um, Epaphras here prays for them hard because it says he's always struggling. And I remember when I went through that, I thought, I do not know if that uh, describes me struggling on their behalf and his prayers for them for what? Now, there's no doubt I would think that Epaphras prayed for their health and he prayed for their families. Okay, so I'm not saying that he didn't, but what I want to say is it says here that is not what he prayed for. He prayed for that they would stand mature and fully assured in the will of God. He prayed for their spiritual growth. We all need prayer like that to be prayed for and about that I think I do so for me it started with a little book I had a little uh, one of my daughters had this she wasn't using it and so I I would write down names and I would ask guys what do you want to pray for and then I would think of things that I knew that they uh, needed to be prayed for and so I would pray about that but like I said I was praying in the dark and so I would have this little book open and I have a little like little LED flashlight and I would turn it on and I would look at it and then I would turn it off and I would look at it and in your house I can never find a flashlight that works you know it's never got a charge battery or anything in it so I said and so what I did was I went and I used this is uh, just a note program that I use called Google Keep because I can create a card for every guy and like I got his name there and what I ask him to pray for, and then things that I know I want to pray for him, or pray into him, and then I list his wife, because uh, I have a thing on, so on Mondays, I pray for my family. On Wednesdays, that's called Wife Wednesday. I pray that guys, uh, over the years, I've prayed that, 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 that God would give a guy a wife, and then when he gets married, I'm praying for him and his wife. 
So if you've ever received a text from me, that's where that's coming from. And I, I, I let them know. I let them know they're pray for them because, well, Paul did. But I just think it's encouraging to me to think that somebody is like really going to the Lord on my behalf. And I'm going to them. I want to struggle in my prayers for them because they're just all kinds of stuff. Pray continually. As I go through the uh, prayer pack, there's one thing that stood out like clear as day. And it was pray continually. Luke 11.1. 1. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. I don't know about for you. It's easy for me to lose heart. Especially when things aren't coming about in the time or the way and the manner in which I want them to. It's easy for me to lose heart. So I need to always pray and not lose heart. We know the First Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, the thing of concept of pray without ceasing. And then Colossians 4, 2, continue steadfastly in prayer. That's just three. There were many. Let it be regular in your life. Pray confidently. There was a time when I pretty much lost, about lost all my confidence in prayer. I had been... It was our fourth child, and I had been praying. I'd heard all this, all this time about pray expectantly and without doubting. I was praying expectantly for another son. We'd had one son, and we had two daughters. I thought, that'd be perfect. I'd have another son, and I knew that our son Gabriel really wanted a brother. So I was praying earnestly for that. But that wasn't what happened. And I remember Gabriel, we had another daughter, and and Gabriel, you know, really cried about that because he didn't get a brother. And, and I was like, I, I was like, I, Lord, I don't get it. I mean, I know it's your will and everything. I remember talking with Mark about it. Man, it just didn't go the way I, and, and it, I, I mean, it messed me up. I'll be straight up with you. And, and then at the next week at, sir, at, at church, there was this verse right here. It's like salt in a wound. And this is the confidence that we have toward him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. I was like, that didn't happen with me. Now, I had to work through that. And I went to the Bible and I studied prayer. And God brought me through it. And as I look back now, I actually, honestly, I wouldn't trade that for anything because of what he did in me to show me that that, that brought up this whole thing of prayer. What could I pray for? I mean, I'm sure I could pray for God's promises and pray in the kingdom, but can I ask him for things? Is that possible? And that was London. And I wouldn't give anything for her now. Talk about not knowing how to pray for her as you ought. She is the, she's the life of the party. And if you're thinking, That's a, that was a pretty awful prayer, you're right. You're right. God's will was far greater than what I desired. And, you know, wouldn't give anything for her or anybody. Micah 7, 7 confirms this. But as for me, I will look. There's your focus. I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. 
your God will hear you. And then lastly, pray in faith. The first and last verses, they're like the bookends of my prayer pack, and they have to do with faith. The first verse is Isaiah 7 9. It says, uh, if you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. The last one is I'm going to show you here in a minute. But here's the thing. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Then my faith is the fuel that keeps my prayer life going. See, this is the thing of dependence on God. So by faith, I believe that God will hear me. By faith, I will believe that God will answer me. By faith, I believe God will do a work in my heart if I ask him. By faith, I believe that God will do a work in the heart of my children. I believe by faith that God will bring a God number one or God number 100 into my life. By faith, I believe that God will do a work in him and will then turn his heart towards others if he allows it. By faith, I believe that God will always keep his promises. And so this is the end of my verse pack. And Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only be done, you will not only do what's been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. J.O. Sanders, you've heard, some of you heard me say this before, the former director of China and the Mission, he made this statement to us down there at that conference where Mark was, guard your intimacy with God. You're not as close to God as you wish to be, but you are as close to God as you choose to be. You choose to be. What do you choose to do? TV another hour, play we two or we three another hour, all these sort of these things are. And in a computer, another hour, whatever you choose to do. But how much do you choose to linger in the presence of God, just waiting on Him to help you? Or begging Him to do this, or asking Him to do that? But it is a tone of your overall defense system, and your overall motivation system, and your ministry of the Word to be a man of prayer.